the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Just open up your eyes and join me Cause I've been living in the sunshine Having such a nice time Sipping ice coffee as the world dressed by me Living in the sunshine Having such a nice time I won't let the stresses of the world define me, no and you are back with us right here on K Praise 1210 AM. I'm Lorraine Carroll, and you're listening to One of 100. They call it the Caregivers Show. And today we are actually making it about a caregiver, a guy I've known for a long time named Andrew. When I met Andrew, he was, as my mom would say, young and aspiring and full of hope. And then he got a little older and life happened. His parents, both of them, became older and life happens when we become older. And one thing that happened to Andrew in his life, his mom, well, she somehow, because it seems like it creeps in, she she had Alzheimer's disease. And many of you have heard of it. A lot of you don't really know what it is, what it's about. Some people call it the cuckoo, oh, and they lose their mind. They go cuckoo. And, you know, all people, they just, all the old people, they get it. No, no, don't do the stereotypes. Do the research. Find out because actually September 21st, World Alzheimer's Day. Yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. All around the world, globally, people are dealing with this. My friend Andrew, he dealt with it, and he was his mother's caregiver. Yeah, guys are caregivers. A lot of people don't realize it. A lot of people don't believe it, but it's true. Guys are caregivers, and Andrew is here to attest to that today. So we're going to have him join in with us today. Welcome to one of 100. Andrew, join us and just give us a little story, a little background about your experience being your mother's caregiver as the son of your mother, primary caregiver. Yeah, you have a sister, but you took the leading role. What was that like for you, Andrew, when you were taking care of your mom, a person who had Alzheimer's disease? Share with our audience today. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I just want to be clear about something. I'm still young and vibrant. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't do it past tense. But, but anywho, um, it, it was, you know, um, it was something that I had never dealt with before. I've dealt with the elderly in the past. And there were some, there were some changes that, um, that I was unaccustomed to with dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I, I would say the, the, the hardest part was acceptance. You know, you always see your parents very strong, very wise, and what have you. And a lot of times I found myself telling my mother, you know what, you can do that. Stop playing around. You know, you, you know what you're doing. Stop doing that. When, in fact, she did not. And it was less physical and more mental because it was dementia going into Alzheimer's. So after I, you know, started accepting what was happening, then it was time to reckon with it and say, listen, you know, mom is not herself. And then dealing with my mother, she was a diva at one time. <laughs> and so then realizing that her hesitation from getting help 
was not so much that she didn't want the help, that she was scared. Right. And for a child to realize that your parents are scared, and that's something hard to deal with. And so then you have to, you know, turn on your empathy and your sympathy, but you still have to be the child, but you have to be the parent. And so you have to kind of balance those two out. You don't want to take their self-respect, but you know that they need your help. Absolutely. You know, so anywhere from dealing with, you know, hey, mom, I need to be your power of attorney because I need to make all the decisions. I need to be on your insurance. I need to be on your re- retirement. I need to make all the decisions for you just in case you can't and getting them to let go. Hey, mom, you can't drive anymore or, and, and taking the keys or hiding the keys <laughs> or, or disabling the car so they can play with the keys, <laughs> but they can't get the car. So, you know, it, dealing with dealing with all that and, you know, the I that was hard, but I think the hardest part for me was when I was sitting on the couch one day, and it was around my birthday, and my mother didn't know who I was. Mm. And then she forgot my birthday. Wow. And trying to hold the pain in, or the sadness rather, not pain, but the sadness, while in front of her and telling her it's going to be okay. It's just a birthday. Mm. It's okay, mom. You don't, you know, you know what? It's okay. You don't have to worry about that. And then later going home and realizing that my mother forgot who I was. Wow. And then dealing with that and still saying, okay, you know what? This is what is going on with her. And, you know, and it's going to be a challenge. And one of the doctors told me at one time, they said, listen, it's not going to get any better. You don't realize that until you actually go through it and realize that it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Um, you know, that was, that was the, that was a challenge. And I took, um, there was a course I took and it's called a dementia tour. And I think anyone dealing with parents or, or loved ones who are dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia should take this and where they, they simulate what it's like to have memory challenges. Mm. And they take you, they put, um, ears, earmuffs on you with white noise. And then they put glasses on you where you can't see good. And they put gloves on your hands and they put beans in your shoes, you know. Um, so if you have a feet problem, you know, you can feel the pain. And then they give you all these tasks to do. Well, you can't see, you can't hear. All you can do is smell and you can't feel and it hurts to walk. Well, guess what? That's what people going through dementia and elderly people are going through. Right. And so then you get more of a, an idea of what your parents were going through. And I cried when I did it. Because I was being too hard on my mother. Mom, you know what you're doing. Mom, stop doing this. You know better than this. Well, she did, but she didn't. And so I realized at that point, I was being really hard on my mother who's going through these things. And I had to do a gut check and a self-check. Because I was not meeting her where she was at that point. After I realized that, then you have to actually put all that into work. And so um, it, it, it was a challenge, you know, and I'll, and I'll say this now and I'll say it again if need be. But after I learned to love everything that was going on, until I learned to love it, I, it was a challenge. Hmm. What do you mean by love it? What is the it that you're speaking of? The, the, the it is having the opportunity. Some people think of it as a burden. But having the opportunity to love on your parents like they did you. Right. You know, that in itself is beautiful. That's nothing but God. Okay, to have the opportunity 
opportunity to change your parents or, you know, I remember when my mom had an incontinence issue and I'd be like, mom, you know where the bathroom is. Well, actually when she woke up at night, she didn't cause she didn't remember where she was. Right. So the easiest thing to do was go stand in front of the mirror and try to reach the sink cause she knew where the sink was and go to the bathroom. Of course she couldn't get up there. So therefore the carpet's wet and wow. it stinks. Wow. So saying, you know what, mom, it's okay. It's okay. We'll just get rid of the carpet. We'll just clean the carpet. Don't worry about it. It's all right. Yeah. You know, because she is embarrassed. She knows in her mind that she's doing something that's not right. So she is embarrassed. So you have to deal with your parents who are scared, your parents who are embarrassed because of their their um, their condition. And depending on your parent, they might look in the mirror and be like, I don't know this person. This isn't me. This isn't the person I thought I was. And my mother said that on several occasions. So she's trying to rectify that, oh, my gosh, this is me now. She had to accept who she had become. And what people don't realize, Andrew, is that Alzheimer's is a disease. It really is. And the main thing that people don't understand is that it's a form of diseases that actually is a combination of disorders, all of which disrupt mental functionality. And it has come with aging primarily. And for those of you that are listening and dealing with people that have Alzheimer's, dementia, like I told my producer, Todd, they're, they're all relative. They're all cousins. But you can do your own research about the diseases. What we're emphasizing today is how do caregivers, especially men that are caregivers, handle the pressures of someone that you love just fading away right in front of you? And Andrew has addressed all of that. But there's one thing, Andrew, before we go that I want you to share with our audience today, especially to the men. They hear my voice every week. But I want some of the men that are out there leading in the family as the primary caregiver. When I say primary, it's just what you said, the administration, meaning the business function. Some, sometimes in the families, a guy does, he does the bills and he, he pays for all the insurance. And Okay, but what about, like you said, the physical care, the mental care, the emotional care? What one thing from a Christian perspective, Andrew, would you share Primarily to the men, yes, the women are listening, but the bulk of caregivers out there are women. So what what could you share spiritually in just a few minutes to our men that are out there listening? Oh, spiritually. Well, you know, for me, I had to, I prayed and I got on my knees and I cried and, and um, spiritually. Guys, they, they say God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah, it's an expression. That's it's an expression. Say. It's yeah. an expression. But think about this. He'll never give you more than you can handle. Well, he didn't give me more than I can handle. Because I was able, with love and acceptance, and honor my parent, my mother, I was able to give her the love and the care that she needed only because God gave me the strength to do it. Right. I didn't depend on anyone else. And one of the things that I always thought about is when I was little and I would run to my mother and she would hold me because she loved me. 
and she wanted the best for me. Well, when my mother got dementia and Alzheimer's, she used to hold, I used to hold her like she was my child because I loved her and I wanted the best for her. And so I knew that if I loved her in that wet manner, the way God loves me and the way she loved me, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to make sure she was okay. Wow. So basically, you're saying in conclusion, your go-to was prayer. And yeah, I, I remember you and I talked about it. Um, I was there with you uh, emotionally, mentally, spiritually as you went through that. I do remember you having moments of breakdown. Men do break down and Fellas, it's okay to cry. Uh, David did it all the time. You can look in the Bible and see. But one of the things that we want to make sure all of our audience hears today is that it is normal to have emotional breakdowns. It is normal to have mental breakdowns as you are caregiving for the person you love. Some people aren't taking care of parents. They're taking care of other types of situations like babies. Babies need caregiving. But today, we're emphasizing the older generation, in particularly because they are the ones that are diagnosed most with Alzheimer's. And Andrew is a survivor. His mother has passed away at this point. And my expression that I like to share with everyone is, you don't really know until you know. Meaning for those of us that have not been caregivers of someone that has Alzheimer's, we don't really know. You might be a caregiver, but you don't know what it's like to take care of someone with Alzheimer's. So we wanted to just take a moment with a man that has actually actually lived it. He did it. And most of all, he survived it by the grace of God. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today on One of 100 right here with me. I, I, you know my name, of course. It was the same when you met me. Lorraine Carroll mm-hmm. hasn't changed. Well, well, has it changed? Well, we won't get into all that today, but <laughs> thank you for joining us Pleasure. today. And we look forward to you hopefully next year for World Alzheimer's Week, Month, Celebration. They, they do it all the time. It's a global thing. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. Bye. One of the things that is important to me is that everyone realizes there's all types of caregiving situations. And it's important to know as a caregiver, every caregiver is not the same. I dealt with a situation yesterday that took four hours and some minutes. I gave up after the fourth hour. I just, I let it go. One of the things you have to do as a caregiver often is relinquish. And if you heard what Andrew said, I heard him say it, but I also listened to him live it. And that is you have to accept what you cannot change because it is changing right in front of you. And with anyone that has some type of cognitive disorder that is declining, such as Alzheimer's disease, dementia, like I said, they're cousins. Do the research. Make sure you understand if you're a caregiver that's not caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's that has dementia Understand who George Alzheimer is. Understand what he was and the research he did. Understand the legacy of the fact that we actually have a name for it now. When I was growing up as a kid, there were all types of all, all types of names and stereotypes for people, unfortunately. But now, nowadays, we actually have treatment, treatment that is respected. So if you're caregiving for someone, 
that has Alzheimer's, dementia, they've been diagnosed, have mercy, first of all, on yourself. That's what I heard Andrew say today, but I also watched him do it. He began to accept what he could not change. He began to accept this is who my mother is. The other thing I heard him say is he began to have mercy. Remember, you get a blessing in being merciful. Blessed are the merciful. And you need to go back and read those Beatitudes. Find out what your blessings are. Review them in Matthew 5. And remember, as a caregiver, you're entitled. You're entitled to some mercy, even if you give it to yourself. Because here's the thing. The Lord is full of mercies. That's what our Bible says. His mercies are new every morning. Read Lamentations 3, 22, 23. Go ahead. Take a moment and refresh yourself in the Word. Because there's a caregiver out there that's ready to give up. I told not, not only my producer, but I've told some of the staff here that caregiving is something that causes people to want to commit suicide. Caregiving? Yes. Caregivers are suicidal because they don't want to deal with it anymore. Some people have been a caregiver for 10 months. Some people, 10 years. Some people like me, 20 years plus. So we have to deal with the ever-changing situation when it comes to caregiving. Are you able to deal with those changes every day? Um, If you're still alive, you're able to cope. You're able to deal. I am the witness, and that's why we have one of 100. The whole purpose of the one is to make sure you let the Lord take care of you. If you noticed, Andrew said spiritually, I prayed. Prayer is communication with the Lord. And sometimes just based on your background, how you were raised, how you perceived God, church, you know, prayer can be seemingly uh, a little intimidating. I don't know about you, but I have learned to say what I want to say the way I need to say it. And one of my greatest examples is David. That's why I'm bringing him up again. Read the Psalms and you will find that a lot of your feelings are right there already in the Bible. Solomon, too, he experienced a lot of the life crisis, and he saw a lot, and and I'm just now seeing it, even after 20 years. But he said, you know what? Basically, all of that, meaningless. And I was like, huh? And that's what I've learned over the years with caregiving. Some of the things that I think are so important, some of the, some of the things that I think, oh, ah, oh, oh. okay, hey, hey, Lorraine, calm down, have a moment, breathe. Breathe in the life of the Lord. Hey, hey, take a deep breath. Where do you think that came from? A lot of people have their theories on spiritual remedies. My spirit is the spirit of the Lord. I have a whole Bible that endorses what I believe. And that pneuma of God, when I breathe in, I'm breathing in life. Because at the moment we as humans stop breathing, we're on our way to death. If you hold your breath long enough, if you can, it it could cause you to die. I'm not here to be a doctor. I'm just telling you what I've learned from my life experience. You've got to breathe, caregivers. You've got to pray, caregivers. And most of all, breathe the word of God, which is life. So your prayers don't have to be complicated and formal and serious. 
I watched a man that I've I've listened to for many years. He's a an old Southern preacher. You know, he's been around a long time. He's a little old-fashioned, and he talks about getting down on his knees. Well, now he's gotten a little older, and he doesn't talk about getting on his knees as much. <laughs> you know why? Arthritis causes you to not be able to be on your knees as long. So what do you do? There's other ways to posture yourself to pray. Just sit down with a cup of coffee and pray. Yes. Oh, you mean I can pray while I'm shampooing my hair? Yes. Oh, I can pray while I'm driving? Be careful, but yes. You need to understand that the Bible says, pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5. What does that mean? You're supposed to sit there and talk to God all day? No, but what it does imply is that you should communicate with God regularly about what you're going through. With what I had to deal with yesterday, I think you heard Andrew mention incontinence. It is what it is, and sometimes it's not the number one. Well, you can infer the rest, and somebody has to clean it up. I don't have a staff. I am the staff. So caregivers, it's okay to be the staff, and it's okay to actually take some time with yourself to have mercy on yourself and say, hey, I have to sit down, and I have to be the this, the that, the that, the this, the that. And I did that one day. I told you. I began to count because it was a form of stress relief for myself, and it was also a form of encouragement. You've heard me talk about the three C's before, but today I want to talk about the three E's. And this is something that you have to do for yourself as well. One, you have to encourage yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what my Bible says. But oftentimes we encourage ourselves with a lot of cliches and a lot of popular expressions. No, encourage yourself in the Lord. Well, how do you do that? Well, read the Bible. I told you. The Lord's word is your light in the darkness. When you feel overwhelmed, you tell the Lord what you need, and he will supply it according to his riches and glory. You've got to believe that, though. So read the Bible. Find the strength you need. You will find it when you seek it, and you'll be encouraged. The other E is endorsing. You have to endorse what you do. You have to believe in the strength of what you're doing. You're not a weak caregiver. Who who are you comparing yourself against? Well, I don't do it like that. Oh, I never thought of that. Stop self-murdering. Now, listen, that would be called suicide. But I deliberately said self-murdering because it has a different connotation. Murdering, once you add that I-N-G, oh, here she goes with the grammar. No, just a reminder. You're in the process of an ongoing state, murdering yourself. When you do what? Kill what you're doing to the best of your ability. Why would you do that? It will end up in a form of suicide, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. I've been there. So endorse what you do. You get to do that. That's called encouraging yourself in the Lord. You don't have the strength, but with the Lord, you can do all things, and that includes caregiving. The final E, engage. Now, sometimes people look at the word engage, and they don't really think about what it means. You know, disengage is easier than 
engaging, right? <laughs> Especially when you don't want to listen to somebody. But I know that's not the case here because you're listening right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM with me, Lorraine Carroll, on One of 100. This is what we do. We engage with people like you, caregivers, and the other people listening who are supporting caregivers, who are loving on caregivers, to understand that it's important to engage with the Lord and what you do. How do you do that, Lorraine? I don't get it. How do you engage with yourself and the Lord and then the person that you have to take care of? It's too much. Yeah, it is. First of all, admit that it's too much. That's the first thing. The second thing you can do is look at the perspective of what you do. Perspective is how you see each thing that you do. And as long as you engage yourself in the one thing that you're doing as opposed to trying to do everything, I tell my mom all the time, I'm not an octopus. And she now has it down when she starts asking me, because my mom has brain damage. Well, can I have this? Can you get me that? Mom, mom, I'm not an octopus. One thing at a time. That is engaging her mentally, emotionally, but it's also bringing her in to what I need. It brings us closer by binding us on the one thing that needs our attention the most in that moment. What does God need from you the most? Hmm, that's for you to contemplate, but I'm going to tell you what I found. He needs my attention. You can get into that this week. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Endorse what you do through the Lord and engage yourself with the Lord in everything that you do. Put the Lord first, like we do right here on One of 100, and then everything that you need will be added to you. Now, remember, sometimes we look at it as material things, but, hey, I needed some strength yesterday. I needed some help yesterday. I would have liked it, but I didn't get it. So what did I do? I prayed and said, Lord, you've got to help me coordinate all of this. It's too much. Surrendering is half of the battle. Acknowledging that you need his help is how you win the battle. Amen? So join us here next week, every Sunday morning, 5.30 a.m., right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM. You've listened to One of 100 with me, Lorraine Carroll. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.